Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast, sponsored by the Women's Motorsports Network. And now, here's a message from one of our... When you can't be at the racetrack to follow your favorite driver, log into My Race Pass on your phone, and you'll be able to follow all the action no matter where you are. My Race Pass provides stunning technology to grassroots motorsports for the most data-packed, instantly updated, race-related content engaging all motorsports enthusiasts. Get live timing and scoring on race day with My Race Pass Live. Any My Race Pass track or series that utilizes transponders will have their lap times displayed in the app. You can even check out historical lap times to see if drivers are faster or slower than last year. Subscribe to My Race Pass today and tell them Melinda from the IWMA sent you. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, sponsored by the Women's Motorsports Network and the International Women's Motorsports Association. And I'm so glad I have the word international in my association because today we're going very international. We're going to travel all the way to Australia. And I love being able to connect with women all over the world. And so today we're going to talk to Jess Nicholson. She's my guest. She's from Australia. And so Jess, welcome to the show. And would you please first just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, whatever you would like to share. Okay, well, thanks, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's, it's, it's nice to um, interact with international as well and, and inter- interact with the US. So thank you for that. Um, I live in Sydney. So I, I'm originally from Adelaide, which is um, a 15 hour drive from Sydney. But yeah, I'm originally from Adelaide. Um, a family of five, so mum and dad and, and my younger brother and my younger sister. But yeah, I moved to Sydney because I, I just wanted to do something a bit different and, and be somewhere different. And I found that Adelaide was a little bit of a quiet country town sort of feel where Sydney's very hustle and bustle and mm-hmm. you can get to, I don't know, you can promote yourself, you can get to bigger places in Sydney. But yeah, and I've been here for a long time now. I've been here over 10 years. And I love it and I can't go back to Adelaide and I have three cats. And so I've got three cats and a race car and a husband. Okay, <laughs> so awesome. My background. <laughs> that's awesome. And so I kind of understand how I grew up in a very small town in Illinois. And, um, you know, and if you go back there now, there aren't even a whole lot of stores or anything open. It's just a very small town, 1800 people about somewhere in there. And I love my friends there. I love going back to see my friends that still live in that area, but I couldn't go back and live there. After living in in a city where you have pretty much everything at your disposal and Sydney would be like any other major city, even in America, they have everything you need. It would be hard to go back and adjust to that lifestyle. And so um, visiting is good, I'm sure for you as well but it's always good to go back home where you're now used to having everything at your disposal. Yeah, totally agree. Yes. So tell me now, you've got a husband and a car. Which of those came first, the husband or the car? Well, the the husband actually, but yeah, we've been together over 10 years, um, coming up to 12 years. But I actually met him at the racetrack. So we actually fell in love at the racetrack. I was an official, he was a driver. 
And I, I really liked his car that he was running at the time because he's had a few different race cars in his career. And, yeah, I was hanging around the car because I liked the car so much, but he thought I liked him. So <laughs> the friendship grew and here we are, married um, after 10, 11 years. So. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Love at the racetrack. Yeah. So you said you were an official. So why don't you just start at the beginning? Tell us your story. How did you get involved in motorsports? Well, I've always been, if you can say it in these in these PC terms, but yeah, I've always been a tomboy. So I've always liked boy stuff. And I was, dad was a cabinet maker. So I became a cabinet maker as well. So I've got a trade under my belt. And then my first boyfriend was a mechanic. And that's where the, the car bug just bit me. And I just loved cars. And then when I came over to Sydney, I really wanted to still be involved in cars. And I thought the best way would be to become an official because I can still be around them. I just don't have my own race car so I, I got into officiating with like being a flag marshal and helping around at the different events and then I really um I got asked to come up to race control which is where they control the whole meetings and that's where everything happens from and they said I had a really good um, voice for radio so I, I got onto what they call a communicator which then talks to different um departments out on the track and different flag marshals and you're sort of running the event and I liked it so much that I wanted to be in charge, which is the clerk of the course. So then over the 10 years, I've been building my experience and my skill set to finally become now the first race director, female race director in, in Australia, the first, the first one. So that's very, yeah. yeah, that's very exciting. And that's a title nobody can take away from you. And you worked hard, obviously, yeah. to get there. And they saw that you had the, um, the potential and you you know, you understood what was going on and what needed to happen. And everybody doesn't get all the pieces and parts. You have to be able to be very organized and see all the pieces and parts that are going on. And yeah. it takes it takes a special person. So awesome for you. We're going to give you kudos for that. So um, what are you doing now? Are you still an official? Yes. Yeah, so I've been I, I love clerk of coursing. So clerk of course basically runs the event all the categories at the one time where a race director is another level up and that's where you're looking after one category and you're driving consistency so when I'm a race director I'm only looking after one category at the event but when I'm a clerk of the course I'm looking after the whole event and everything that's at at the event but I love I love both roles but because I've been doing clerk of coursing for so long that's why the race directoring was the next natural step for me and now that's the top, but there is no there is no step above that other than stewarding. But I think I like running running the show instead of you know being in the background. So yeah, that sounds fun. And I'm kind of a control person. I like to have control over what I what I'm doing and that kind of thing. So I would probably I would probably enjoy that as well. So I can understand that for sure. So yeah. have you ever driven a race car yourself? Yeah. So. I I've got a, a very diverse background. So before I before we built my race car, Ruby, and she's a sports sedan, so she's a Mazda RX-8 with a Chev LS1 engine, 5.7 litre in her, and she's gorgeous. She's very photogenic. But before that, I actually became a rally navigator. So oh, my okay. background has also been rally and in, you know, flying through the forest forest mm -hmm. as, a, as a navigator so yeah I actually learned um to be a navigator in the in the passenger seat telling a driver where to go through different stages and I did that for a couple of years before I met Dave my husband and then he was building different race cars because he's very um 
he's very good at what he does. So he builds race cars. And then I got fed up of him building everybody else's race cars. And I said, why can't you build me one? And he goes, well, actually, that's a pretty good challenge. So now we have Ruby. So Okay. And, yeah. and so um, where do you, you, so obviously you race her and where, where do you go to race her? Do you have to drive a long way or where are the tracks that you go to? So there is three tracks in New South Wales and look, there's more around Australia, but in New South Wales, there's three, there's two prominent um, race tracks, which is Sydney Motorsport Park, which is only 45 minutes from my house. And then there's Wakefield Park, which is where I've done a lot of my officiating. And that's two hours from where I live. And that's in Goulburn. So that's regional where Sydney Motorsport Park's in the city, which is quite bizarre that we have a racetrack in the city, but we do. And then there's Mount Panorama, which is at Bathurst. And that's three hours away. And that's the really big international circuit. But I haven't raced there yet. I'm, I'm building up the courage to do that one because she's a bit of a monster. But I do race at um, Sydney Motorsport Park and also Wakefield Park quite often because I'm a part of a state series. So it's just, if you want to go to the rounds and if you're in the championship, then you're running every single round. So you have to turn up and there's six rounds a year, so. Okay. And yeah. what time of year is race season in Australia? All year. All Absolutely. year. <laughs> yeah, the only time we stop is basic. Well, before COVID, it used to start in March and end in November, but now with COVID and, and people not being able to race and being stuck at home and all that, now it starts in January and even goes all the way to December. Wow. And we we will we will race in the winter, we will race in the in the stinking hot. We like if the event's on, you have to go and you just gotta deal with the weather conditions. So. Yeah. So yeah. what what is your weather there right now? Like, you know, we're we're in spring basically. It's like I'm in Arizona right now, so it's been in the 90s. This week's gonna be in the 80s. What's your temperature like right now? So if we're talking Celsius, because I'm, I'm not Fahrenheit, I'm Celsius. Okay. <laughs> but it's in the mid-20s. But we have had a lot of rain. We've had, we've had such a pandemic with the COVID. And now we've had torrential rain that's been hitting Sydney for the last two, three months. Mm. But usually this is autumn for us. So it's cool okay. attempts and an odd shower here and there. But it's not cold yet. So okay. even in Sydney, we have a lot of humidity. It uh -huh. doesn't get too cold because of the humidity. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's actually a good time for racing in the fall. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So Australia just held the Grand Grand Prix. Was that what was there? Yep. Melbourne All right. yep, on the weekend. Yep. And, and so where in Australia was that? And do you go and watch that? Is that something that draws you to actually attend that event? I did actually attend the one that got cancelled in 2020. I was there with Porsche as, as a deputy race director. So I was there as an official, but that's held in Melbourne, which is eight hours away from here if you were driving or an hour on a plane. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you didn't you didn't go see it this year, but I, I did stay up and watch it. It was on at 1 a.m. Yeah. Um, 1 a.m. I guess that would have been Eastern time. I don't know. But anyway, I did stay up and watch it and I... And uh, I'm getting into that kind of racing more. You know, um, I grew up around asphalt and dirt circle track, basically, yep. you know. And um, after founding the Women's Association, I've learned so much about, you mentioned rally racing. So I just interviewed, I've interviewed a couple ladies in the past month or so that have done rally. And the, they both were drivers where the navigating part, now see, you were the navigator. So once again, you were kind of in charge. 
because you were telling the driver where to go. Uh, and that I've learned that that is such an important role and it's not an easy one. And I've learned a lot about that, which is to me just fascinating. And, and so the part that you've done that as well, that's impressive because I know that that is not easy to do, but I've really enjoyed learning about the rally racing and they were in Dubai and they were, they went to rally Jamil. Um, and so a very interesting ladies that I interviewed about that. And so, and, and then you race and then you officiate. So do you have a regular job or these are the things that you do for, for your work, let's say? No, this is just, this is just a hobby. This is just what I do for fun. So <laughs> my, my, my full-time job is um, with one of the biggest food retailers in, in Australia. So we service all the supermarkets and we um, help with, with getting the food to all the different locations. But they're very accommodating with um, my racing. I, I find that um, in Australia, everyone's very accommodating. If you've got a very passionate hobby, they're, they're willing to sort of let you go and flourish and, and you know, work, we'll work around it is what the, yeah. uh, the way that they go about it. Yeah. Well, and I think during COVID, we've also learned that we can work around schedules. We don't have to be in an office from nine to five or eight to four or whatever it might be. There's a, so many things that technology lets us do from wherever we are that I, I think a lot of large companies are probably selling some of those big buildings that they used to own where they had all the people come to work because they know that you can do just as much, if not more, from home where you're not interrupted and on the road or whatever. So I love that they're accommodating about letting you do that because that also helps the economy of Australia, the racing, and it all goes hand in hand. And, and those people are going to the grocery store and buying snacks for the racetrack. So we're helping each other out, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, correct. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. for sure. Yeah. So have you had any obstacles that you've had to overcome along the way as far as being a woman in your role? Do the men look down that you're a woman and you're kind of overseeing things or or not? Um, I've never really had to, I've never really faced that in my whole career, or I haven't felt that I've faced it. It's in, in Australia, people get very um, secure about their position and they don't want to give it up. So it can be quite hard to have progression and a succession plan when people don't want to move aside or teach or train. So I had to do a lot of things on my own. I had to uh, broaden my horizons and go to different venues and travel. I had to travel around Australia to, to get the benefit and get the experience and get the skill set where, where anybody would give me an opportunity mm -hmm. to get the higher ranking positions. Because the problem is you don't know it until you, you're doing it. You, you, you can't learn it until right. you're actually in the role. You can do as much theory and as much reading as you want, but it's the practical that really gets mm -hmm. you the experience and the skill set and the confidence. You really need to do the confidence because at the end of the day, it's all about safety and you know, we want to make sure that the races are safe and the officials are safe and you need to know what you're doing and you need to make decisions quickly but smartly as well and the right decision all the time Yeah. because it's a huge responsibility. So I had to travel to gain the experience because I found that there wasn't always an, an opportunity available to me and now there's a lot of people that went, oh, so she, she did make it 
and we couldn't stop her. And even though we said that you should try this or try that, and I just wouldn't take no for an answer, I got there in the end. But I mean, it, it's been a fun journey. It really has. And I, I've learned a lot along the way. And I, I think I've I'm done better because it was harder for me to get to where I wanted to be because I had to go the long way around, really. <laughs> Absolutely. So you really have broken through the ceiling for other women. I mean, you're, you're the one that has paving the way for other females. So are there a lot of females involved in like either officiating or racing where you are? Definitely in officiating. There's a lot more of a female participation now and in senior roles as well. Like I've got a lot of females that are the right person for the job. So it's not so much we're picking a female over a male. It's more that they're the right person for the job. They've got the passion. They've got the time. But in racing, yeah, we're still breaking through. Like on the weekend, just gone, I was racing instead of being at the F1. And I would have been maybe one of four females racing in any of the categories. And I was the only female in my category. And, it, and the, all the guys were great. And it was a, and it was a lovely time. And I had a, a really good time. But yeah, in officiating, definitely female participation is high and in different senior level roles and across the board, like all different roles. But in racing, we're still getting, okay. we're still getting them to come through, but it's not as much as um, it's, I would like it to be. Right. Because in the sprint car world, I mean, I've met quite a number of women who've done kind of the sprint car thing. And, and it seemed to, it seemed from the number of women that I have um, connected to that are in Australia, that it's growing, that, you know, the number of women and young girls that are starting to get involved in motorsports is growing. And that's because they see someone that looks like them and they think, oh, if she can do it, then why can't I do it? And, and that's where you've set the lead. Yeah, definitely. And, they, and I think they also know now that it's not as expensive as they thought it was. It's not as hard to obtain a race car or build a race car yourself. There's lots of entry level categories coming through as well, where we didn't really have that a fair few years ago. It felt quite daunting to get into a race car or to get into a category because mm -hmm. it was like, where do I start? where now there's a lot, it's a lot easier pathway to go, I know where to start. I know who I need to talk to, so. Awesome. So what's your favorite thing about being in the motorsports world? The friendships, the, the, the friendships that I've made along the way. When I get to a racetrack, everyone's like, hey, Jess, how are you? Haven't seen you in a while. Can't wait to, you know, get in, into the event. And then, to, you know, the next one, what's your next one? Where am I going to see you again? It, mm -hmm. It's the friendships. And also the training and mentoring. I'm very big on succession planning and, and progression because I didn't get it. So I don't want the hard path like I've had to trudge through. So I make it quite easy. And I have those conversations. Do you want to try something else? Do you want to learn another role? And we're really building that mentoring and training because it does take time. It does take time for people to get that experience. So and right. you start early, not later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I love that you're mentoring and, and giving people those opportunities because, and it's probably not just women, you know, there's probably men too that didn't ever feel like they could take that step. And then now that you're encouraging them to think about it, um, women and men are thinking about what, the, what else they could do or if they're, they're done actually racing, how else can I stay involved? And there's so many ways, photography and social media and officiating and all the things that you mentioned. And 
and there's just so many, the more people that we get involved that spread the love of motorsports, um, the better for all of us, right? Oh, totally. And yeah, the, the minute you get the bug, the minute you're bitten by the motorsport bug, it's very hard to give it up. I'm, I'm addicted. I've been yeah. addicted for over 10 years and I can't give it up. So right. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it definitely, um, you know, my husband sometimes laugh, laughs and says, I have, I have race fuel in my veins because I, I, I'm so addicted to it. And I would much rather watch either racing or HGTV. Those are my two channels, you know? And so um, I actually am just starting to watch the Drive to Survive about the Formula One. I've been hearing so much about it. And I know there's a lot of women involved in Formula One, but more so behind the scenes. And so um, I just started watching that and I'm going to go through that series and see what women might be mentioned and who I can connect to and how I can help promote Formula One because we really don't see any women driving. And, uh, and so, you know, that's another place where we could encourage women to take a look at that and say, hey, this might be something that you're interested in, but you have to start here and then you'll get there. So that, that'll yeah. be fun to do that too. Is there anything that, you know, about motorsports that isn't your favorite thing that you wish you could change maybe? Um, no, I haven't really come across any negativity or, or, or horribleness. Like it's, it's been a great journey and I always have a great time. And even if you get a disgruntled driver and, you know, they've done the wrong three wrong thing and they've breached a breached a rule and you have a conversation. And I mean, that's how they learn. They learn the hard way sometimes. And I, I, I haven't really found anything other than the succession planning and the progression for, okay. for people to come through the ranks. That's about the only, and it wasn't even that bad. It was just that it was harder than, it should have been that's all right right yeah. they should have made it a little easier and and you know i in in the united states we might call that the old boy network you know yeah. how the, the old boys are still in control and even though maybe they should retire or they need to retire they can't let it go and and so um that's kind of what you were facing over there for sure yes, yeah definitely yeah. yeah so what's your schedule look like let's say the rest of this year what are you going to be doing uh, every month I'm at a racetrack and I'm actually at a racetrack more than my husband, <laughs> which is quite <laughs> funny because it should be the other way around, but it's not. But yeah, I'm at the racetrack more than him. So if I'm not with my series, the Toyota Gazoo 86 series as a race director, I'll be at a different venue or a different track being a clerk, of course. And then I'm trying to fit in some driving as well. So I'm trying to get into Ruby. So I've done my first round this weekend, which was fabulous. And it was so good to be back in the car. And then hopefully I'll be driving again in August. But yeah, I've got to I've got to check my schedule because when I'm officiating and sometimes when I want to drive, they clash. We have different oh. events that are on the same weekend in in Australia. Yeah, so. I'm sure. Yeah, it's hard. And and then you'll have weekends when you have nothing, and then the, everything falls the same. Isn't that how life yep. goes? For yep. sure, it does. Yeah. So your does your husband still race? And well, he hasn't for a fair while, but he, he fabricates and fixes people's cars. So at the moment, he's helping a mate that crashed a, a year or two ago and he's helping to rebuild that car. And he's fixing up his car and he's hoping to go racing this year. But yeah, I stuck my, my, my round in first. <laughs> so he's so hoping you... to say in the schedule, can you, can you fit me in so we can go racing? 
Yes, absolutely. So when you go on a race weekend, then does he go along? Is he like your crew chief? Is he part of that team? Yeah, he looks after the car for me and he built the car so he knows it inside and out. And mm-hmm. he tells me that I need to, you know, push harder or on the radio or, you know, you've got to look after the tires and all of, he, he's my, he's my rock at the racetrack. So. Okay. All right. And so are these road courses that you're on? Yeah, they're circuit yeah. racing. Yeah. yeah. So yes, it's a circuit, it's a state circuit race series. Yes. Okay. All right. And about what, what would you say your longest track is? Cause you know, here they raced at the, at Coda circuit of the Americas. And I think it was three some miles long, which just seems like a huge track. What kind of, are your tracks similar to that or what sizes are they? Well, Mount Panorama, the one that you don't get to go to very often, that's six kilometers, 6.8 kilometers long. So that's really, and it goes right up a mountain. So you can have cloud at the top and it can be raining at the top of the mountain and it can be, and it can be sunny and warm down the bottom. So it's a bit of a crazy track, but Sydney, Sydney Motorsport Park's only four kilometers long. And then Wakefield in Goulburn is only two kilometers long. So Wakefield's the smallest, but Uh they are still all very technical. You still need driver technique and you still need to drive well and smart to be fast. Right. Right. Because of all the curves and, and, and all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have you ever, have you ever had the nudge to come to the United States and race anywhere? Oh, I have not so much race. I, I don't know. I mean, we, we want to actually, because we haven't had our honeymoon yet. So we're busting to get overseas and do, do the thing. But I'd love to come see NASCAR. I'd love to be in the crowd sitting there or even get up close and touch a NASCAR and be in the pits. That'd be amazing. But even the top fuel dragsters, like you have tracks where you have four top fuel dragsters going at once. Like, yes, not, we, were, we were lucky if we ever have two going. So, yes. Yes, yeah, there's lots absolutely. of things we want to see. Yeah, there's lots of things that we want to see, but I don't know if I could ever afford coming over and driving. <laughs> <laughs> that you would be know. right. You never know, but at least come over and check it out. And I want you to promise me that if you do, you let me know way ahead of time and we'll see about getting some of those infield passes. Yeah, that'd because be amazing. Because that would I would I would love to come and share a NASCAR race with you. That would be so fun. Yeah. to do that. Yeah, for sure. Because I do go to quite a, quite a number of them. And so um, that would be really great to be able to do that. And then I, I also, I have a really good drag strip track um, within 20 minutes of where I live in Michigan. It's called US 131 Motorsports Park. And they hold some, um, not NHRA, but they do hold some larger races, but um, NHRA is, is really good. And that's, that's yeah. something that you just can't explain it to anybody either, how it vibrates your whole body, you know, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. sitting the in heat. the stands. Yeah. And the heat that comes off them when uh-huh. they go and the eyes blur, your eyes blur because yeah. the vibration, it's nuts. It's just it's, nuts. It's nuts. And it's one of those things that you can watch it on TV, but you can't, you don't understand that whole experience. And it's the same with NASCAR. Or, or really even any short tracks, you know, here, um, any kind of, any kind of racing, it's one thing to see it on TV and you think, you know, but when you get to the track, you're seeing and hearing and smelling things that you don't get from watching on television. And it makes the experience so much better. And then you really are addicted. You know, when you go to the track and you race or you're officiating, it's hard to explain all those things to someone who's never been. 
And so I always say, you need to come to the track. You need to come and experience it for yourself. Even if you just, just come once, because we know that if we can get them there once, they're probably going to come back. Definitely. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, Jess, I have so enjoyed talking to you. Tell me, what have I not asked you about that you would like to share with my listeners? Um, I, don't, I think we've covered absolutely everything other than, <laughs> I don't know, some pictures of my car so they can understand what, what I'm doing. And maybe I'll, I'll send some other stuff yes. and I'll even send some in-car because it was raining on the weekend and that was my first wet race. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was crazy. That was a really good experience. It was scary as hell, but it was a really good experience to yeah. get under my belt that right. now I'm not so scared to, to race in the rain. Yeah. which is something that you have to learn over here because we, we run, if it's raining, you can't just say, I don't want to go out. So if you want to be a part of it, you got to run in all conditions. So Well, same in the United States, you know, they run in, those F1 cars run in all kinds of rain. And even NASCAR last year, a year ago, when they raced at Circuit of the Americas, it was raining and it was really bad. And they did finally call the race. It was raining so bad. But um, typically that wouldn't be how NASCAR races. But um, it's interesting to watch cars racing in the rain. I would think that'd be real scary. So um, yeah, send me some videos, some pictures, whatever you have, and I'll, and I'll share those when I share the podcast. And I would, I would love to do that. So how can somebody follow you if they want to see like, where are you going to be racing and how did you do all those things? Tell me how we can keep track of you. Uh, my Instagram or my Facebook. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fluid on Facebook and I love <laughs> putting up posts and pictures and Instagram as well. So those are the two or even just email. I'm happy to answer any questions or get in touch or connect with others. And, and I, yeah, I want to, meet more people and international on in the international space and yeah, make okay. more friends and, and network. Definitely. Well, that'd be awesome. So when you send the picture, send me all those, you know, what it, what they are, your email and all that. And we'll share that if you want to and yeah. encourage, encourage other women that are doing some things. And, you know, there's women officials I know in NASCAR, but there's not a lot, but um, even officiating at a smaller track or your local track, I think women need to be encouraged to look into some of that because I know some women just off the top of my head that would make great race directors, great, yeah. great flaggers or whatever it might be. So um, maybe they'll listen to you and they'll get the bug and, and we'll encourage other women to do that as well. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jess, thank you so much. It's as we spoke, um, it's in the afternoon for me. It's the morning of the next day for you. So you've already slept all night and I still have that to do. Um, but I'm glad we were able to get together. And, and I love the chance to meet people from all, all over the world and especially Australia. That's one of my bucket list places that I want to go and watch racing. So Maybe one of these days it'll come true and I'll get to come and meet you in person. Yeah, please just reach out and happy to happy to accommodate and happy to, to get you to the races and, and being with you. That would be fantastic. And explaining it all because it is right. a bit different over here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that would be so fun. Well, that's awesome. And do you have any last words before we go? No, just thank you very much. And I've really appreciated the chat and it's been great meeting you. Thank you so much. I appreciate meeting you too, Jess. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Racing Girls Rock podcast brought to you by the Women's Motorsports Network.